Well, good morning. Welcome to the uh, Sly Podcast, where there is nothing sly about this podcast. It is off-the-cuff, unscripted conversation between um, basically two knucklehead pastors here in Wapakoneta, Ohio, uh, who are trying to clamor through this whole crisis, just like you are. Uh, this is Stephen Ambrose, senior pastor, lead follower here at Wapakoneta, and this is... Matthew Kirkpatrick. He is... Uh, what do you do here? Everything you don't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> Toilets, windows. That <laughs> exactly uh, why we hired you. <laughs> now you're you're our uh, youth pastor slash associate pastor slash everything else pastor, yeah. right? Well, um, and I was uh, I was researching on uh, on the tweeter earlier today tweeter. <laughs> uh, about uh, this podcast. This is episode four for us. And I was noticing that the that the young folk are referring to us as the yeasty boys. <laughs> Are you serious? No, I'm just kidding. That would be really great, though. <laughs> the Yeasty Boys. My, my, my buddy, shout out to my buddy Adam. He uh, texted me this morning and said, hey, if you could work in calling yourself the Yeasty Boys, uh, that'd be awesome. So uh, we're now monikered as the Yeasty Boys. Oh, please don't. Um, so please don't. It's, we're salty, we're lit, and we're the Yeasty Boys. So come that, at us. That's gener- That's Gen, Gen Z kind of conversation right yeah, there. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Monikers. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, uh, so if you haven't turned us off thus far, we're we're really glad that you're with us. <laughs> uh, we're we're a minute and forty seconds into this, and it's uh... <laughs> it's it's a train wreck. Oh my gosh, it's like a twenty car pileup on I seventy five. Hopefully, if 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 you're the type of of person that, that that we are you're probably rubbernecking and wanting to stay stay long into this conversation see where this thing goes um but uh <clears throat> we are glad that you're with us um we also want to just say first and foremost that we are uh we are praying for you uh we're praying for our community our city in fact today we're 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 going to um gather not in the sense in which we're like six inches from each other uh, but we're going to gather in our cars in our parking lot, and uh, <clears throat> then we're going to scatter uh, throughout our community and uh, pray over our community. Um, this being Monday, Thursday, um, and Sunday, you can, Monday, happy days. Yeah. So, <laughs> you you can give the other bad dad joke if you want. Well, I walked I walked in the office this morning and I looked at Stephen <laughs> and I said, "It's Thursday, right?" And he goes, "Yeah." I said, "Sure, feels like Monday." Uh. Seriously, I, I think we should have given a psychological before we hired him. <clears throat> but, <laughs> but um, so you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna gather and scatter in our community this uh today this afternoon at two o'clock, and uh, want to lift up our city. Honestly, um, we believe one of the the best ways that we we can love somebody, uh, aside from providing their practical needs, and also bringing the gospel to them is, is to pray over them and pray for them. Uh, because we firmly believe if you don't pray now, you won't pray later, but pray now and pray later. Um, and so I would just encourage our listeners, uh, go ahead, uh, pray over your community, pray for your leadership, pray for your city council, pray for your businesses, drive through your own neighborhood, um, walk through your own apartment complexes, walk through your streets, um, keep safe distances and and lift, lift your people to the Lord. Um, today, uh, 
we just started having a conversation uh, before we turned the computer on. I said, dude, we need to have this conversation on the podcast. Yeah, Stephen cracked his whip and I went <laughs> running to get my computer. So, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we're going to see where this goes. Um, so we're, we're about three and a half weeks into this. Mm-hmm. March yeah. March 16th was, was... Was the first day. Was I think that was a Sunday. Um, maybe a Sunday. Uh, and fifteenth uh, or sixteenth, and and we we suspended services. Then we still have not had services or gatherings like normal, uh, like we're used to. Um, and it's been three and a half weeks in. The governor has um, extended um, kind of the lockdown, lock box, uh, the <laughs> lockdown um, until May first, which I'm not sure if that's going to be an arbitrary date, and. Uh, you know, we when we first started to walk into this, I said to you, um, <clears throat> I said to you that that as a result of this crisis, um, there will be churches that will survive. Yeah, that will merely survive yeah. out of this crisis, um, and that there will be churches that thrive. Um, out of this, and there will be churches that that die, unfortunately, um, whether it's financially or otherwise. Um, and and quite to be honest, I mean that's going to happen on the the business level, um, small business level. Uh, my wife and I are, are are business owners and and had these conversations um, with each other and with other people. Um, you know, you and I talked yesterday how, uh, as a result of this, um, there are going to be a lot of shifts um, in the um, <clears throat> um, working environment. There are going to be people that, uh, after this whole crisis, they're going to resign from yep. their positions. They're going to quit. Um, many people have already quit uh, their positions, whether it's nursing, doctors, um, EMS, fire, police, teachers. And, and, and quite frankly, that's the better <clears throat> solution than those who will deal with mental trauma and possibly commit suicide yeah yeah um there are going to be a lot of people that are um, waiters and waitresses and 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 within the food um food arena that that are probably rethinking and maybe even considering other positions or um going to college bottom line is there's going to be a lot of shifts yeah there's going to be a lot of shifts and um today I guess I just kind of want to talk a little bit about church um, and, you know, what are, what's going to happen? Um, what's going to determine whether a church survives, thrives, or dies? Um, and uh, we need to clarify, right? We need to clarify, first of all, that we have no idea um, if what we're doing today um, the ministry that we're doing and the way we're doing it is is going to um, enable us to thrive. Yeah. Um, or if on the back end of this, we're going to die. Yeah, I mean, we can look back at history books and we can look at the, the Spanish flu pandemic and the responses that churches and communities made in those moments. But the reality is nobody alive who's ministering today ministered, led churches, led organizations, at that same time. Yeah. So so everybody who's operating 
is at best operating off of what knowledge they can glean from a hundred years ago <laughs> in documents and yeah. trying to apply it to a world that is very different than it was a hundred years ago. Yes. With all the technology and all the stuff we have. I mean, live streaming services was not an option in 1918. Uh, <laughs> right? Because the internet didn't exist. Wait, what? <laughs> There's not... I thought... I thought life only existed because of the internet. That's right. Well, it, it doesn't. So let me. The internet let, spoke. Let a millennial became human beings. Let a millennial right? burst your Gen X bubble. Uh, that the internet is not the beginning of life, uh, <laughs> or the source of all life. Um, but yeah, so we're, so we're all operating blind. Yeah, we are. Uh, and we're making the best decisions we know to make uh, to to care for others, to lead others, to lead our organizations, um, and so. Uh, our conversation isn't intended to be a pointing finger critical conversation. No, it, it, not at all. Because, but, but it is intended to be uh, a, a critical conversation. Yeah, we're trying to analyze, really. Yeah. We're, we're trying to analyze ourselves, <clears throat> quite frankly. Um, and, and we're trying to really analyze the, the church as a whole, um, particularly the Western church in America. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the church as a whole and, um, you know, we talked last time. This is this is a defining moment, um, and we're either going to shine out of this, or we're going to we're going to tarnish out of this. And it's the decisions that we make in the crisis um, that that will determine some things. And um, and 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 the crisis does reveal the heart. So, um, what are your thoughts right now? Uh, so, so you're 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 a gen you're you're Gen Y or millennial? Yeah. 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 Why are you? Why? Why not? Uh, so, from your vantage point, you just, you literally just turned 30 last week. Yep. Um, Got my walker out. Good to go. <laughs> Bottom of horn. <laughs> um, so, what, what is your opinion right now um, from, from your vantage point as a Y or millennial, um, whichever one, a cusper, yeah. whichever one you prefer? What, what is your vantage point of what's going on? And how the church is responding um, and doing ministry. The church as a whole, I think, has responded very quickly. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you, you know, so that's that's definitely a positive um, in our categories. I mean, we're, we even saw small churches with no online presence at all. Yeah. Um, within mm-hmm. a week's time. Boom. They're online. They're streaming services. They've got online giving options. They've got all the stuff that they need to function as an organization yeah. uh, operating on an online capacity. And these, by and large, if these churches didn't already have an online presence, um, it's probably because those who are leading the church didn't know a whole lot about having an online presence. Again, that's why we hired you. <laughs> <laughs> so so these people not only, it wasn't as if they just didn't want to switch the, push the switch. Yeah. They had to learn about all this stuff too. Yeah. And there's a large learning curve with that. A huge learning curve to, to talk about doing it uh, even somewhat effectively, let alone doing it well. True. Um, and so. And, uh, and, and let me just pause. With it. One of the reasons we aren't live streaming services, uh, whether it's on Facebook Live or YouTube, is because we know right now who we are and we're and what we are and we're not going to be able to produce a very high quality yeah 
service. We, we don't have the right tech, the right equipment, the right... Uh, There's just lo a lot of not right, right. We don't have the right internet service <laughs> for upload speeds and download speed, like yeah. all that stuff that would could be altered. Yeah. You know, it, it can all be changed, but uh, we didn't have it. No. So, yeah. so, so we, we made that decision. We to, made that decision. And honestly, for us, I feel like it's been a good decision, but yeah. that's another tangent. Keep yeah. going. Yeah. So, so anyway, so, you know, we responded very quickly yeah. as a church, uh, which is a, a huge positive marker. Big C church. Big C church. Yeah. yeah not just us, yeah. uh, all churches. I mean, uh, you know, um, and so that to me, uh, what was so encouraging about that was that deep level of commitment mm -hmm. um, that you see these people, pastors, church leaders, elders, boards, whatever, what have you, um, they're by deep, vocational pastors. Yeah, their deep heart and commitment to this ministry. Yeah, um, because it's easy to get jaded and think, well, here's the the guy or the girl who's been doing this for forty years. Mm -hmm. They're waiting till retirement. They're checked out. Um, <laughs> they're just you know trying to get by until the end. Again, that's why we hired you. <laughs> um, but but the uh, <laughs> just kidding. The reality is, you know what I've seen is it, it as a younger and. Uh, pastor, minister. I've seen some of my counterparts who are twice my age have been doing ministry for as long as I've been alive, mm -hmm. um, deeply, deeply committed yeah. and saying, I'm going to learn something new so that we can continue to do what the Lord has called us to do in the midst of this. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a challenge. That's, that's exciting to see that happen yeah. um, because <clears throat> I take for granted what I know about the internet. I take for granted what I innately know about how to do a Facebook live video because it doesn't take any thought for me to think how to do that. I just push the buttons. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My, my four year old son doesn't think one second about how to get on YouTube or watch YouTube videos. It's not hard for him, but grandma and grandpa to FaceTime him. It's a little bit more complicated sometimes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what, what are your, so, okay. The response has been quick. Yeah right from from leadership whether it's it's lay leadership um those that are not paid staff yeah. right or or those that are paid staff or those that are bivocational the the response has been um very fast very rapid um but what is that response what response um well, not the main concern I, I think i think for a lot of people the main concern was what do we do about service yeah well we what want... do we do about that hour and a half that we gather together and we worship, we pray, we tithe, we give, we shake hands, um, we we praise, and then we hear a, a sermon, and then we say amen and go out. Yeah. What do we do with that time? How do we how do we get our people pumped full of that moment? Well, because what we want to do is we want to we want to reproduce what we've been doing in another format. So, so the first knee-jerk reaction is, I can't do this in person anymore, so how can I do all of this but online, right? That's the first thought. I mean, if, if you're revamping anything, uh, I, I'm, I'm working through another program right now that I'm, I'm revamping this event, this, this time that we gather together, and we've, we've shifted location, we've shifted time, we've done all this. This, this is change. a camp. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and we're, we're making this transition, um, but the first thing that comes to mind is, how do we continue to do it? The same way, but somewhere else. The same way, but somewhere else. Right. Or and, the same way, but different, right? Right. The same way, but different. The same way, but somewhere else. Like, And that's a lot of times counterproductive. 
um, I had this this epiphany. I agree. Somebody somebody spoke this into me uh, yesterday, um, and this epiphany about wait that, for it because it might be me. It wasn't you. Okay. Um, Don't yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this epiphany that like God is creating something new. God is always creating something new. Yeah. So even the good. But there's things, nothing new under the sun. But even even the good <laughs> right? things that we do, for all the goodness of the way we do and have done church services the last hundred years. Um, music, communion, yeah. offerings, all that stuff that comes into a church service. For all the good that we've done with all those services, God is about doing new things. He is. And good things. And that doesn't mean that those things aren't good. If God did those before, they're still good. Yeah. So how do we do new and not discredit the good? I'm kind of double talking here. But how, how do we do a new good thing and allow God to continue to do new stuff in us. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes we can't hold on to the old just because it was good. Well, that there, the psalmist, I think it's David who says, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll sing a new song. Yeah. Well, you can't sing a new song if, if you're, you're not allowing, if you're still singing the old song and if you're not allowing God to do new things in you. Yeah. Because you're right. God is on the move all the time. Uh, he is forward moving. He's forward thinking. I mean, his imagination is amazing look at our world and look at our universe and look at you and the way you're designed, right? Oh, yeah. Not, not you look personally, <laughs> but um, God is about doing new um, and doing new in you and through you. Yeah. And so <clears throat> we, we talked a little bit about this last week about how we, we personally individuals, human beings tend to get into a rut. Yeah. Um, we wouldn't normally, we wouldn't say that's a rut because our comfort and our security we enjoy sameness. Um, however much we promote change, I think change is very, very difficult for any human being. Um, you know, I was, I was, I feel like I was very adept early on in my life to uh, adapt to situations and um, just adjust and acclimate myself mm-hmm. fairly quickly. As I'm a little older. Um, not so much, but uh, I have to push myself to to change, to move into those times of, of tension and where things aren't as cohesive. And so you're right. Right now, as a church, the Big C Church and even local churches, um, we are we are at a moment where we really have to allow God to do. We have to allow God to do new things because He wants to. First of all, yeah. Um, it, it's his it's his character. Yeah, God, God can't not do new things. No, that's I mean, who God is. Yeah, uh, He's constantly doing a new thing, um, and He wants to do a new thing in us. But He's going to do a new thing in the world. The rocks will cry out whether we acknowledge it or not. Absolutely, right? So, so we can allow God to do a new thing in us as well, um, but we have to be a little bit more intentional because He gave us free will and He allowed us that choice on whether or not we want Him to do that in our lives. So, back to your statement because uh, we we did get a little tangential there, but. Back to your statement is is you know we're trying to do the same thing but different. Yeah. So do the we're trying to create the service, the Sunday service and the Sunday atmosphere, um, in a different way, different format, right. online. Um, well, and, and if you here again, if you're like me, like uh, I, I don't know if it's if it's my I'm definitely an, not like an Enneagram number or or whatever personality test you want, but but I, I tend to have a tendency to think that I can find a perfect schedule. And a perfect 
way to do something. And then once I found that perfect way, this need not ever change again because I found it. Leave well enough alone, right? Yeah, because I found the perfect thing. And, okay. and so this, to this point of, of this epiphany I had is, was you're limiting God on doing a new thing. Mm -hmm. If you continue to do, it, it, it is good. What you created is great. What you've created is wonderful. Yeah. What you've created is accomplishing the things you wanted to accomplish, but you're not allowing God to do new yeah. in it. Um, and so therefore you are eventually going to come to a place where you're stagnant yeah. um, and there is no growth and there is no life because, and you won't see it coming because for all this time you've been doing good. And now all of a sudden there's no life there anymore yeah. because you stopped letting God do new things in you. Um, and in your, in your organization, in your business, in your church, whatever it is, it plays out in all those areas mm -hmm. the same way. Um, mm -hmm. And so having to do that. And so it's interesting that, that we've been trying to do this, this implementation of all this good that we have in church mm -hmm. services yeah. in person <clears throat> and then plant it online where we've got our, our worship band and our pastors um, preaching and in front of the sanctuary like they normally would be on Sunday morning, but the sanctuary is bare. That's our normal Sunday morning. What are you talking about? No, I'm really kidding. Please, please don't take any offense to that. I'm really kidding. Hopefully you'll get to know me. Yeah. Uh, but the sanctuary is completely bare. Yeah. And, and, and what's been an interesting um, uh, cultural study for me is as a fan of wrestling over the years. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> you, you tuned into an episode, didn't yes, you? Yes, I did. I've watched some of the latest few weeks of Monday Night Raw or Friday Night SmackDown on Fox. Um, and these are, are WWE programs. They normally garner millions of viewers. Yeah. Um, and they're live in front of a, a full, um, full, stadium, audience, yeah. full, full audience, full stadiums. Yeah. And, and so it plays out, right? And so we know wrestling's fake. It's all a storyline. It's all this kind of stuff. But they play into the audience. And the audience, that interaction is what drives them. Oh, yeah. It's what creates the emotion. It creates the moments. Um, Hulk Hogan would not be Hulk Hogan if there weren't people cheering. Yeah. All the Hulkamaniacs in the audience cheering for him all over the place. But during this time of social distancing, they've continued to host their programs, but without an audience. Has there... And, and I, I, did, I did tune in for like five minutes to, watch, to watch this. Because that's really all I could take. But have you, have you seen... How is their viewing numbers? Have they increased, decreased, stayed uh, the same? Like, do you know? They've, they've kind of fluctuated back yeah. and forth a little bit. Yeah. I mean, okay. so more people are at home. Yeah. More people okay. are not out working at this time. And okay. so... Yeah. But, I didn't but, mean to take you off no, the no, tangent, but go no, ahead. No, no, but that, that's, I mean, that's a good point. So, you know, there's a whole other conversation about the wrestling industry there and, and the audience that's driven. The 90s, they were drawing... Uh, Nine million people were watching on Monday nights. Every single Monday night yep. during the 90s. Um, it was the, probably the highest watched time of wrestling in history. Um, and so the numbers have, have decreased since then significantly yeah. for various reasons. But at any rate, um, that's enough nerd talk for you. Um, <laughs> and my buddy Adam will appreciate that too. So so there's your yeasty boys and your wrestling talk for a little bit. Um, anyway, the, the whole no audience thing mm -hmm. has just been a very weird social experiment. And they're doing the same thing. They're trying to figure out how do we continue to do this yeah. In the midst of, of these different <clears throat> rules and this different environment, we want to create the same thing, but with with a different set of rules. Well, I I, I was I was sitting in the hospital with my sister um, on Monday, uh, waiting for her to get treatment, and they had the TV on, um, and it was around I don't know nine or ten, so you could probably guess there was a program on, and it was a, it was a talk show, 
um, where they they have a live audience. But this time, both the co-hosts um, were in their own homes, their own homes yeah. and doing it via um, whatever, this. whatever Zoom or yeah. Skype or what have you. And I don't really watch that show anyways, um, but the dynamic was just really hard to swallow as a viewer. Um, I know a lot of talk show hosts are going into that avenue, but so not only the church, but culture is now trying to do the same thing, but differently. And it's really hard to swallow. What makes them those moments is that social interaction. Yeah. Well, yeah. This goes back to the fact that we are created that, that our significance isn't in the mathematical. Yeah. Um, you will search. I mean, even if you find the mathematic equation that you've been longing for your whole life, you will not be fulfilled. That our significance, our dignity, our value comes in the fact that we are created to be social, relational creatures. God has, has, I mean, Genesis chapter one and two, just go back and read it. We are created to be social people, creatures, um, following the one who created us. And it is really, I mean, the suicide rate, um, my nephew is a firefighter in my hometown and uh, I had a conversation with my sister a couple weeks ago, again, taking her to treatment. And um, she had mentioned that there were several, several suicide attempts, as well as several ODs um, in, in my hometown. Um, and uh, that rate is only going to, as, as this continues to progress those will increase um, on all fronts, whether you're, you're rural, suburban, urban, um, it's going to increase. Why? Because we're created to be relational social creatures. Yep. Um, there are, so let's put a pin there. Yeah. There are a lot of things that churches are doing that are, that are, that are really good. Yeah. Um, you know, many churches have stepped up and, and, provided opportunity for their community to um, call in um, and, uh, uh, hey, I need help with getting groceries or medications or taking to doctor's appointments. Um, they've stepped into those those gaps. Um, they've become uh, a holy Uber, I yeah. guess. Um, and, uh, you know, delivery services. Um, and that's been amazing to see. Uh you know, even moments of like glimpses of, you know, you've seen the videos of the people who have done like the social distance parades and all that kind of stuff. Um, some of them aren't related to churches, but but churches have done teachers, stuff like that man. Too. It's been amazing yeah, to teachers see teachers do that. Stuff. Um, but but those kind of things where we get the sense that we're still connected. We get the sense that I'm not on an island by myself, isolated in my house. Yeah that there are still people out there who know me, who care for me, who love me, um, and that they long to be in relationship with me. Um, and that's, I mean, that's the cry of Jesus um, for every person. Um, believers recognize it, unbelievers don't. But the, the cry of Jesus is, is man, I want to be in relationship with you. Yeah. I long for that. 
uh, and the more we're distanced from him, the more he's pained by it. Mm. And he just longs to connect and to grow with us and to be with us um, in the midst of all of it. And that's what's so remarkable about Jesus. You know, it, people say, uh, I've seen those those funny quips on online before Facebook and even back in the day on like MySpace about like, hey, if you were in prison, uh, you know, uh, uh, what, how does it go? If you're... Your a good friend would bail you out of prison, but your best friend would be in prison with you. Now that's kind of a goofy saying, but the idea behind it is that your best friend is so close to you that no matter where you are, whatever you're doing, they're going to be doing it with you. Yeah. Now prison probably isn't the best analogy for Jesus necessarily, depending on what the circumstance was. Uh, but uh, Jesus wants to be so close that in the midst of whatever we're dealing with, whatever is happening, that yeah. he's in the middle of it with us. So during this whole crisis, this whole pandemic, and this social isolation, there's one story that continues to surface for me. Um, I, I read it even this morning. Um, it comes. It's in several of the Gospels. The the one I'm going to refer to is is Mark chapter one, uh, verse forty. Um, to 42 and it says this a man with leprosy um, skin disease um, you know leprosy we call it leprosy but I'm sure it was probably some type of skin disease came to, to Jesus and begged Jesus um, on his knees and he said this to Jesus he said if you're willing you can make me clean um, not hey um, I think he can probably do this, but no, I know that you can do this. If you're willing, you can make me clean. And then this is what Jesus does. It says, filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I'm willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he, he was cured. This, this man with this skin disease um, we read this and we probably just bypass the social context of this individual's life. Because he has a skin disease, according to the law, the Old Testament law, he is outside of the city. Yeah. Uh, he's more, more than likely um, living with others that have the skin disease or he's living on his own and isolated. Yeah. He cannot go to worship. He cannot go to the synagogue. He cannot make a living. More than likely, he is not connected to his family in any way, and he's making his livelihood by begging. We find that's that, his only option. That's his only option. I mean, we we find we find the blind beggar in, in Luke in the book of Luke towards the end, um, and they're sitting on the side of the road, right? Mm -hmm. They're they're making the living on on begging, and what's really interesting here is that this individual, when he comes to Jesus and he says, if you are willing, um, you can make me clean, what does Jesus do? He goes against every social and religious norm. And he reaches out and touches this individual. He does not abide by the six feet social distancing rule, but he touches him. This man probably has not been touched 
had human contact maybe for ever years. Remembered it. Maybe ever remembered it. Yeah. He it might have been. We don't know how how long he contracted this disease. Yeah. So he might have had it at, since a baby and been abandoned as a little child and not remember ever feeling somebody touch him. Yeah. Ever. So Jesus himself is the one who is clean that makes him clean. Because by law, those that are clean or those objects that are clean that come in contact with an unclean object or unclean person, essentially the unclean object yeah. or person makes the clean object or the person unclean. Is stronger. unclean. Yeah, unclean is stronger somehow. But Jesus upends the social structure and the religious structure and says, I'm doing a new thing and you are human and you deserve relational connection. You are created to have relational connection and, and Jesus upends his life. Um, and he goes, he goes about and talks freely about what Jesus did. Um, and it, it's really struck me is that we we are feeling the grip of distance. We are feeling the the it's almost like the darkness is pressing in on us, um, and we just want to be with our friends and with people and crowds. And unless you're an agoraphobic. This is wonderful for you. Even still, like, <laughs> but even still, I'm, I'm still seeing people that are are you know the most um, isolated, introverted kind of people by nature yeah. that are like, man, I just need to be around some people. So, again, I, I probably took us on a tangent here, but as the church, um, time will tell. Um, time will tell whether or not the choices that we are making right now will determine whether or not we're going to survive, thrive, or die. Um, yeah, and, and, and if you if you attend or have attended another church other than Wapaknaz, and, and you're continuing to watch an online service, and you're feeling loved and connected through that, praise that's the awesome. Lord. That's awesome. That's really that's awesome. That's wonderful. Not, I, I mean, Craig Rochelle from Life Church. Yeah. I mean, he mentioned in his sermon from this Sunday, um, when anxiety attacks, which is really good, I, I would recommend it. Um, he was like, man, there's like a hundred and some odd thousand, uh, I think 120,000 people that were online. Yeah. Um, uh, as a part of their service, um, as a result of this crisis, yeah, and thousands of people were receiving Jesus, and their life was getting changed and getting upended, just like this leper, which is amazing. Because because Jesus does move beyond all of our constraints. Absolutely, absolutely. Nothing limits Jesus's movement. If we're leaning into and trusting in the Holy Spirit to do the work that Jesus said the Holy Spirit has come to do, mm -hmm. um, then we can trust that God is going to continue to do his work regardless yeah. of what limitations we have placed on us. But we want to be faithful as best we can. Yes. And we want to lean into the things that we know are true about who God created us to be, um, how he created us to be with other people, yeah. um, and, and and that kind of thing. And so that social interaction, that, that innateness in our DNA is something that, uh, we can't just forego, you know, th 
the talk about online church is not a new talk no, that's it, just come about this, no, this last not. few weeks. It's not. It, it's been a couple decades old. <laughs> it's um, very old. Uh, and, and just a few months ago, I remember seeing reports of churches doing virtual baptisms. Um, and, and I remember uh, seeing many a pastor, and myself included, being like, what, what is going on? <laughs> um, and, and when I say virtual baptisms, I mean, I don't mean like through a video screen of watching somebody get baptized. I mean, you created an avatar for yourself, a little video digital cartoon character, and the pastor created a little digital video art cartoon character in themselves. And that's how they did the baptism service. So there was no literal physical water. Um, it wasn't about being washed through a screen. And so this conversation is not a new conversation about what happens in the vir virtual or digital world um, and where God's grace moves in the midst of it. Yeah. Uh, I'm of the opinion and the persuasion that I don't want to speak and limit God's grace and movement. No. Um, so I do my best not to try to limit that. Um, I believe God's grace is a lot bigger than I understand it to be. Yeah. Um, praise the Lord, because um, I'm sure I don't get it all. Um, so this conversation isn't new, um, and and I'm sure Craig Groeschel Life Church was probably already streaming online before oh this, and and they're providing a lot of free opportunity for churches to access that, which is amazing. Right. So so we have a, a an avenue there where this is um, not only appropriate but it's beneficial. Yeah. Um, it's beneficial for the body, but. What we do, um, you know, to, to take this in that leadership arena, um, and, and, and here's my opinion about leadership, I believe all people have called to be a leader in some capacity or another. Oh, absolutely. Um, not, no, not, no question in my not, mind. Not everybody buys into that philosophy. Um, I don't think John Maxwell buys into that philosophy. I think he thinks that there are some people who are leaders and some who are not. Um, Yet he says leadership is influence, and everybody has influence. Whether correct, you're the, the most reserved person, you will influence 10,000 people in your lifetime, and, according to him. Yeah, yeah. And, and so leadership is is something that God has given, I think, yes. every human being. That's, that's part of, here again, the DNA of humanity, of mankind, is that we were called to be leaders mm -hmm. um, over the things that were created. Um, we were given dominion over the world, and so we were called to be leaders um, yes. of each other and of the world around us. Well. And, and go ahead. Sorry. Well, and so with that comes this idea that if you are to lead in whatever capacity you're leading, um, whether you are uh, in middle management in an organization, or you're the lowest person in that job, or you're a stay-at-home parent, or you're wherever, whatever your position is, if you are to lead in that position, then the first place you need to go. It, in answering all those questions is who am I, what has God created us to be, and how has God created us to be with other people? Correct. And jumping off that, and, and honestly, I, I'm probably going to make a very strong, strong statement here, and I hope it's proven right, um, but I'm going to throw it out there. Honestly, I, th I think one of the determining factors um, that will, of whether or not a church uh, is going to survive, just merely exist through this, come through this with the skin of their teeth, a church that will thrive, be relevant to culture, community, um, to the people therein, whether they're believers or not. Uh, or churches that will die. I think the determining factor will be the people 
Not the pastor. It's the people that make up that church. Um, because quite frankly, you and I know this, and we understand this, that the, ch the church is, is, is people. Yeah. Um, it, it's not a building. But Peter, uh, and I'll mention Peter and I'll mention Paul here. Peter said in, in his first letter, so 1 Peter chapter 2, he, he says this, he says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may, be, may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You were, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. He's not talking to the priestly class. He's not talking to the Jew specifically. He's talking to both the Jew and the Gentile who have come to relationship with G with God, their creator, through Jesus Christ, his son. Yeah. And he says, you, yeah. you are the priesthood. You are the chosen people. You are the ones that are the ministers. You are the ones that are salt, light, and yeast. And Paul, I find it so intriguing that in Paul's letter to the church of Ephesus, so think about that for a second, to the church in the city of Ephesus. So it is, it is not called Wapaknaz. Yeah. It is not called any other moniker, but it, it is the church of Ephesus, the church of this city. And he says, um, it is he, the Holy Spirit, God himself, who gave some to be apostles and some to be prophets and some to be evangelists and some to be pastors and teachers. For what purpose? To prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Not to merely exist, but to thrive. And it is the people. I firmly believe it'll be the people of the churches. Now, yeah, leadership plays a huge role in this. Like, we, we, we understand that. We yeah. I don't think we... Well, I mean, that's, that's essentially what we just read out of Ephesus, yeah. is that... God has ordained that there needs to be some people who help other people become better. Yeah. We, we help each other become better. We, we sharpen one another and we encourage one another. And we, we sometimes push one another to do things that we might not have done if somebody wasn't behind us saying, you really need to do this. Yeah. Um, you need to step into this. This is, this is where God is calling you to do something. Yeah. Um, and we need that. We need that push sometimes. We do. I, and we need that push as pastors, yeah. as leaders ourselves. We, we need people that sharpen us. We need people that call us out, that, that bring the Holy Spirit's conviction into our life by saying particular things to us and calling us out. But um, you're right. And we need, if you are listening to this and you are a follower of Christ, um, you're a believer, um, whether you're a pastor or not, it, it's you. It's you that is that is the royal priesthood. It's you that is salt, light, and yeast. It is you that um, we're hoping um, that we have done our, our due diligence, that we have sown into um, as leadership, into you, that you may be the ones that 
do the works of service that that make the church thrive out of this. Yeah. Again, uh, I and and if you're listening to this and you're well, what about the Holy Spirit and what about God's movement? I don't disagree with that. Yeah. Oh, that's a given. Oh, for me, that's a given. God's it's not move. by it's yeah. not by power, not by might, but by my Spirit, declares the Lord yeah. God Almighty. Uh, I firmly believe that. But we have to be. We have to make choices. Um, we have to make choices that move us from the consumer to the doer, yeah. to the to the lover of people, to the one that steps in the gap, and and to the one that prays for our city, the one that calls, the one that knocks on doors, the ones that that text and and message, and the ones that care, that that are generous, that that are loving, that are forgiving. We step in and we do that. Um, and and we we move out of that that consumer mentality that our our, our culture has created to a giver um, to a generous mentality um, to one that yes we need filled but we also need to spill um, and a glass can only spill what it contains I, I give shout out to me without you on that one uh, <laughs> a glass can only spill what it contains and yes you need to get filled. But we, I feel like as a church, we're just pushing out a lot of content. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to be too, I don't want to be critical here, but I want us to be mindful that um, there's a lot of content already. And I hope we're doing the jobs to equip people to do works of service. Um, and if I failed in that, my apologies. I think that's still yet to be determined, right? Yeah. Um, but well, I'll go back to my statement. I really feel like those churches that will, will thrive out of this are those churches that um, that really have equipped people and, and kind of given them that extra push and say, okay, now I'm one person as a pastor or, or we're only five people as staff. Or we're only ten people of staff. You were you were a hundred. You were two fifty. You were five hundred. You were a thousand. You were fifteen hundred. However big of church you are, go and do. Yeah. Because you're going to multiply the efforts. You're going to multiply the message being heard, and you're going to multiply the people seeing the church step in and being Christ in the crisis. Go ahead. I... Well, no, I mean, and quite frankly, I mean this. This is. Um exacerbated by our current circumstances yeah oh yeah but but this was written long before covid19 was even imagined this was not written 2000 years ago by the way yeah i, I just want to throw that in there <laughs> jesus didn't die 2000 years ago yet it's yeah. not yet not yet not yet not yet uh almost 2000 <laughs> years ago uh, but uh, yeah you're, you're right this was this was written almost 2000 years ago right so this this uh, lesson, if you will, this yeah. this um, you know commissioning, almost um, as Jesus Jesus commissioned the disciples to go into all the nations, teaching them everything that he was taught or that he taught them, and baptizing believers. Um, so too, the new church has been commissioned yeah. to go and do acts of service and to love people and to care for people. Uh, to be encouragers, um, that doesn't change with whatever's going on in the world. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't matter if it's if it's pandemic. It doesn't matter if it's world war. It doesn't matter if it's whatever. No. 
it, it could be the most peaceful of times and where the church will shine and where the church will thrive in any environment is always where the people of God step into those moments to love and care for other people. That's right. And mind you, Paul wrote this letter to the church of Ephesus from prison. Yeah. I mean, and, and this is, a, again, harkens back to, um, to Craig Rochelle's sermon from this Sunday that Paul, ser- Paul wrote the, the book of Philippians from prison. And he said, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Um, so you're right, regardless of the circumstance, whether it is comfort and convenience, back to that quote from Martin Luther King from last week, yep, yep. or challenge and controversy. Um, regardless of the circumstance, our mission doesn't change. The method, the method may be different, yep. but our mission and our message stay the same. And we can be okay with the method changing. Because the purpose is the mission. And that goes back to the same but different? Yeah. Are we okay? Yeah. Are we okay with being different, doing different, and even not even doing the same? Yeah. Because quite frankly, the early church met in small houses, small groups, not social distancing, singing hymns, reading the Old Testament. Or, or the letter. Or the letter. The church. Yeah. And having fellowship and supper, the Lord's Supper, but also eating with one another. Yeah. Um, and there's just this organic beautifulness. I don't even know if that's a term, but this organic beautifulness of the early church. And I think we in crisis right now, can learn a lot from the early church and what they did, how they did it, and who they were, and what they were not. Um, so, any any last, uh, we probably didn't come to any conclusions for you. Well, well and I think all, that's but, it. I mean, that's that's kind of where I was going as we're wrapping up. Like, you know, we're we're, we're presenting this podcast. Um, this was a new thing for us. This was a new thing for us, and, yeah. and we're presenting this podcast not as as experts who are coming to the table to tell oh, you how Lord to do have mercy, correctly. no way. Um, <laughs> Not at all. I mean, even though Stephen's got a lot of books in his office. And um, they're just for and, show. I don't and, read them. And he he cleaned out the other day and moved like five of them. So, uh, <laughs> not true. <laughs> like Fifteen or twenty on the floor. But but we're not we're not presenting <laughs> this content as experts trying to tell people how to think or what to we do are not. or what to believe. By no means. Um, we're you know, still we're, learning. We, we, we want to lean into some truths that we know that are true based on what Scripture says about who God is and who we're created to be. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, what I hope comes out of this, you know, this is my heart for, for these podcasts, is I hope that the conversations that we're bringing up and the questions that we ask and we wrestle with as we try to lead this church are questions other people ask of their own lives. Yeah. Um, are questions people say, am I doing the things I need to do to be effective in, in my leading? In my job, in my house, in my neighborhood. Yeah. Um, same thing. I mean, if other pastors are listening to this, are we, as as my church, are, are we being effective? Are we doing the things we need to do? And we ask that question a lot. We ask it a lot, and and that question is a good question, um, because it keeps us from from becoming stagnant. Yeah. Um, and, and quite frankly, the answer might look different for different people. Yeah. But 
but the root the root of all of it yeah is one foot at the cross and one foot on at the empty tomb yeah uh, being filled with the spirit yep. uh, with God's holy Spirit so um, yeah you're right I, mean, I wrestle you know that's 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 where we leave this I think it is hopefully the the church when I when you say wrestle hopefully I as an individual you as an individual not as a pastor yeah um, but as 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 a as a human being who is in love with God um, we wrestle with God. Like Jacob did, yep. We we, and we walk away. Walking differently, because Jacob, when he wrestled, yeah, with the angel of the Lord, he walked away with a limp, and he walked differently with a new name. Which really reshaped his identity yep. and reshaped the identity of his people. Yeah. The people, the nation Israel was named after Jacob as a result of that wrestling moment. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I really hope that that we walk differently um, as a result of this. Um, that's a good point, man. Really, really good point. Did I cut you off? No. I think was, I cut you, you off. You didn't cut me off. You're lying. You're <laughs> lying. So, folks, we love you. If this, honestly, I was thinking about this earlier today. If this has been remotely helpful, encouraging, encouraging, thought provoking, challenging, convicting, or if you just um, like my jokes. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, if it has all been any of those things, um, or honestly, if we've offended you um, in any way, shape, or form, uh, we, we would love, we honestly would love to hear from you. Yeah. Um, we really do. Um, so if you would, uh, shoot us an email. Uh, and at this address, wapaknaz at gmail.com. I'll spell that out for you. Uh, wapaknaz, W-A-P is in Paul, A is Apple, K is in K, uh, <laughs> Naz, N-A-Z, N is in Nancy, A. Z is in zoo because it's like a zoo around here at gmail.com. Wapak Naz, all lowercase, no spaces, no I, no I. <laughs> uh, Wapak Naz at gmail.com. Uh, shoot us, shoot us an email. Um, honestly, and if this has moved you in your heart um, to come into relationship with Jesus for the first time, we definitely want to know that. Um, folks, we love you. We're praying for you. We're praying for our, our communities, our nation, and our world. We hope you have a wonderful, wonderful Monday.